Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. We're at episode seven, which seems a bit ridiculous. I can't believe the time has gone by so fast. I feel like we only just started, but episode seven must mean we're like seven months in already, which is crazy to think about. It's crazy. I can't believe seven months have gone by. I know. goes by so quick. I'm recording in Tauranga today at my parents' place. It's a nice-ish day. It's a bit windy, but should be good. My new puppy's been a scene all morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's been, he's grown up enough that he can jump onto beds now. And he's got the si- most silent paws. You can't <laughs> even hear him walking on the hardwood floors in this house. So you'll be asleep and all of a sudden this ball of fur will launch onto the bed and wake you up. So he woke me up. Uh, woke James up, then stalked off downstairs, and I hear a shout as he wakes my parents <laughs> up, jumps on their bed, licks their face. That's great. Uh, so everyone's been woken up by the puppy. <laughs> uh, um, in Calgary, we're having a very nice sunny day, which I'm typically spending indoors. <laughs> I just have this view from my office window, and I just stare out <laughs> at this like cloudless days that we've been having. But yeah. I don't really have <laughs> anything interesting to report. I've just been like getting up super early <laughs> and writing and doing blog posts and all the creative stuff in the morning, followed by study, which I've been procrastinating very badly on this week, despite getting up early. That's definitely understandable, procrastinating on study. How has the getting up early been going? Has it been working out for you? Very hard to get out of bed at that time in the morning. And I, I lie there, like the alarm goes off and I'll wake up and I'll be like, I should get up because I decided this was what I was going to do. And it has been going quite well. And then at the same time, I'm like, I'm so tired. I could just maybe half an hour or an hour. Getting up at six, that's still pretty good, right? <laughs> And then I'll be like, no, no, if you do that, it's just going to slowly slide into eight o'clock wake-ups again. Just don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been forcing myself to get out of bed. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I Because um, I've been thinking about getting up at six just so I can write for like an hour before I go to work every day. But this past few days, I mentioned to you in an email that I was doing some extra work for a uh, it's actually a Netflix TV show. Um, but anyways, Ooh, so it was uh, 6.30 call time. and But because I live really far away from where it was, I had to leave at 6. So I had to get up at like 5.30 for like a couple of days in a row. And then not getting home until 9 p.m. or 9.30. Are you allowed to say what it is? Uh, I'm not supposed to. Okay, don't. don't I'm, not I'm not supposed to. I'm so curious. Um, to tell me later. It was very exciting. I got pretty much got to be a, a desert queen. My hair and like this like, crazy French plait but, like, bun thing on the top of my head and all sorts. It was very exciting. It was very cool. It was very cool. So I've been very tired and then I was, now I'm questioning my decision about starting at 6am. <laughs> so how has your writing been going? I've actually been writing, which has been a great change. So... Probably since the last podcast, Sarah and I finished creating all of our characters, which was quite a fun process and quite an, it was a fairly interesting process too. You probably would have read about it in one of my blog posts that because this book that we're writing is historical fiction, there are a few characters in there 
that are based on actual historical figures. But also because it's set so long ago, not a lot is known about these people. Like they don't really know what they looked like and there's not a lot about them as people, but we know what they did. So we've been trying to work out the type of person that they are from their actions, which has been kind of fun. It's been kind of like being a detective sort of, trying to work back at what made the person, how they are, which is quite interesting. Um, but since then, we have been writing, finally. So I got to writing the, I'm writing the second chapter. I think Sarah's already finished the first one. Yep. Uh, but it's been quite an interesting experience because we've changed perspective. So our whole teen fiction series is first person. Now we've switched to third person, which is was a little bit of an adjustment, but not too bad. But then this character is also a, like a older male. So it's a bit different as well. <laughs> Then writing from a teenager, writing from like an 18-year-old boy, changing to like a 40-something-year-old man, it's been a bit a bit different, but it's been good. What about you, Sarah? So yeah, my writing's been going really good. As we said, I have started the first chapter and just finished it. I think I can probably say that we're, our Ancient Greece book that we've been doing is actually a time travel Ancient Greece book. So my character hasn't like I haven't had as many issues with my character because she is from the modern time and and in the present when I was writing the first chapter so that wasn't too disorientating (laughs) yeah but yeah like it has been a real change doing an adult perspective and I found that really hard as well it's really just some of the language that they use I had to really you know consider choice of language whereas with the teen fiction I was so used to being able to write quite a youthful sort of vibe in the book and now the guy I'm writing he's also very politically savvy and all sorts of things so word choice has been interesting and yeah so I said mindset uh back in ancient Greece which has also been a bit of a challenge had to I probably spent a good seven hours of research in this chapter uh which I didn't really anticipate having to do so that's been that's been a little bit of a challenge as well lots of stuff like uh yes they're walking down a hallway I don't think that they called them hallways I should have a look and see what the Greek terminology for this is and then like (laughs) spend like 20 minutes finding out like Greek architecture and what they would call it and then be like ah no it's a stoa that's what I want (laughs) or like an outdoor sort of like walkway yeah yeah um so things things like that that but now I know what it's called so oh and another one he he was wearing his cloak but it's winter and then I had to check if they had a different winter cloak and what the winter cloaks were made of his hemation yes so they're the same I think they're made of wool aren't they (laughs) yeah so they the winter ones are wool but I wanted to check they were wool because I knew that the non-wintery ones can be different materials. So check that. Uh, so that was good. So things like that that I've been stumbling across. But hopefully it will get easier now that I know if that makes any sense. I also had to double check they had lamps. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do they have lamps? Do they have candles? What sort of what's the lighting situation going to be? Lamps. So it's okay. <laughs> right. Things like that. Um so let's move on to our main discussion for today then, which is all about injuries and inconsistencies in movies, TV shows, books, things like that. And I think 
both of us are fairly well qualified to talk about some of these things that crop up. Sarah is a nurse, which she can tell you a bit about. Yeah, so I have been a nurse for, I think it must be like five or six years or something. Well, I think about five years of actual clinical practice because I've had a bit of time off um, since moving to Canada, but I used to operating room nursing. So I do have quite a bit of knowledge about anatomy and physiology and what things actually look like and what where the structures are. Um, so that can be quite helpful for our book series. And yeah, um, and Ashley, as you may know from is a yeah, from my blog post, um, and we've joke. talked about it a bit. Uh, so I have a I have a PhD in chemistry, and I did a science degree. She did a biomedical, uh, well, medicinal chemistry degree. So my undergrad did focus fairly heavily on physiology and pharmacology type things. So I do have a bit of knowledge about some aspects of medical things, but I'm mostly quite well versed in the scientific realm, uh, especially chemistry, organic or inorganic, if any of you know what that is. So most of what I'll be talking to you about will be later on in the podcast where we talk about uh, how people represent science in uh, TV and in books and things. But yeah, so that's a bit about our background. So hopefully we can get into the discussion now. I think Sarah had a little bit of a disclaimer she wanted to put on. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So I just wanted to say because we are talking about injuries and, you know, typically in a book as well, they're sustained with a violence. So it's not like we're going to, you know, talk about like gore and stuff like that. But just if you are <laughs> a little bit queasy with that kind of stuff, um, you might want to sort of fast forward maybe to the mistakes of the month. And I'll put a timestamp in the show notes so you know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, you could probably you can probably make it to the scientific part at the end because I don't think that's going right. to be I'll too... put both timestamps. Yeah, too in... squeamish. <laughs> that's okay, true. so when I was when I was planning out the show, I sort of broke our discussion to two parts. So we'll talk about injuries and how they're portrayed uh, in the media first and then we'll move on to talking about a little bit about science for the second half and so and then I further broke the injuries down to kind of the main points which seem to be misrepresented I think so we'll start with when I was doing some research for this topic one of the common things that seemed to crop up was the after effects of an injury don't match the injury that was sustained. So for example, if a character is brutally knocked unconscious by the bad guy, they wake up and they like shake their head. (laughs) They have no ill effects and set them like, oh, my head hurts. When obviously there are some (laughs) uh, medical repercussions that can come from a brutal knock to the head. (laughs) What do you have to say about that, Sarah? I think I probably will cover this more about pet peeves a little bit later but for us like in general if we feel a character sort of needs to be injured we usually think about the best place to give them the injury and as a general rule we find that limbs are pretty safe and easy to live with (laughs) because the closer you get to the torso the more serious it's going to get you know my advice for writing injuries and not having that sort of discrepancy crop up with how a character copes with it afterwards is when you're writing an injury, try to think about what's lying underneath the skin. The abdomen's a sort of pretty dangerous place to get wounded because not only is there a risk of your bowel being perforated um, if you're lower down or, you know, there's also your liver and your stomach and 
you know, there's some really serious structures underneath in your abdomen area, including your aorta, which is your distributes blood to your body, as probably a lot of people already know. Yeah, so, and obviously the chest is pretty dangerous as well. But if you're bored of wounding limbs, then my advice would be to go for the shoulder, (laughs) maybe the hip. But then you have to be careful that it's like maybe the back of the hip or. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to get someone's ovaries or. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No. We had this uh, exact problem actually. So in Hmm. our third book, darkness set us free we have a character who needs to get shot he he's a minor character so it's not not too big of a deal but I needed him to bleed but not not to die and needed to be serious enough that he would be removed from the scene and luckily we do have a doctor in that scene so he's able to sort of <laughs> tell tell everyone what's happening so because I'm not well versed in medicine or anything I did do quite a bit of research into some surgery and field medicine journals just to see the typical injuries that character well that people get and what ones are survivable and what ones are not Um, (laughs) I picked one that is survivable uh, but does bleed a lot so that was what we wanted uh, and then wrote that in so it does help if you're like me and not super well versed it does help to find these things and it's not hard to actually find articles about surgery or field medicine there's a lot of them out there they'll be like gunshot wounds to shoulders uh what to do and stuff like that so that's (laughs) which is quite helpful a lot of people you know even if you don't have medical experience and you know like you don't yourself then a lot of people do have friends or family members who are nurses or doctors and so you know you can always ask them for their opinion on something because yeah chances are you know someone who's in the medical field because it's a pretty pretty big healthcare is a pretty big umbrella for careers so (laughs) you're bound to find someone who can help you out don't just assume that it'll be fine no one will notice because there, there is such a big amount of people who are employed in healthcare you may find that your readers get a little bit annoyed especially like like I tend to do when I come across yes you can't assume that your readers don't have the knowledge behind them so I would do your best yeah that's a very good point it's not hard to do a little bit of research just to check you know outcomes from shoulder like gunshot wounds to the abdomen and then you'll very quickly find out that maybe that's not the best place to give someone a quick recoverable gunshot wound yeah Uh, So maybe we'll move on now. Uh, So there's something to be said about the after effects of injury. So when you get injured, I'm well aware of this, I've been injured many times, it does take quite a mental toll on your characters and how they think, how they feel. I definitely find that like personally, when I've injured myself, I currently have, I still have my arm in a cast. Um, (laughs) It is, there is a mental toll that it takes. What do you think, Sarah? definitely is a mental toll even if it's a fairly minor injury my sort of experience is that people feel a bit vulnerable more vulnerable than usual and I see there's sort of a tendency uh in fiction and in tv shows where characters just get up and carry on like it's nothing and you know like we we ourselves are probably guilty of doing that to a certain extent and you can get away with a certain amount but people often feel frustrated about not being able to achieve something that used to be easy for them. Uh, They feel like a burden or they might feel guilty about how they got the wound. Like they, 
should have done something to prevent it, especially if they were doing something a little bit stupid beforehand. <laughs> yes. I personally have felt this as well. <laughs> Embarrassment can be huge. And, you know, I was once nursing a woman who had broken her ankle because I used to do a lot of orthopedic theatre nursing. She just was so embarrassed about it. You know, I went up to, to say hi to her and help her through. And she, like, obviously she couldn't have done anything about it. It was just an accident. But she felt so embarrassed about rolling her ankle on, like, the, the curb. And I don't know how many listeners will know about, like, you know, those really square curbs? Like, it was a new market in Auckland. Their, their curbs are, like, terrible. <laughs> and so I could totally understand, you know, just slipping and, yeah, twisting your ankle. And she was unfortunate enough to have it fracture. But, you know, she just felt so embarrassed about it. And even when it's bad luck these are the types of thoughts that people have and people can be really vulnerable and if they don't blame themselves sometimes they can blame others around them it's just those kinds of things of how people make sense of what's happened to them and because that happens in real life you really want to be instilling that into your books and having your characters go through that as well so you do have to be aware of the mental part of having an injury and how that affects you what would you have to add on that, Ashley? No, I definitely agree, especially with the point of having frustration when you're injured and not being able to do things that you usually can do. I'm currently going through that right now because I've had this cast on for almost a month now. And before that, I was in a brace and I'm used to, well, one, I work in a lab, so I haven't actually been able to do any lab work, which has been really frustrating because it's like one of those simple things that I do every day that I, bas- I basically can't do it at all. Uh, and then I, I really enjoy swimming and I'm not allowed to swim. I'm not allowed to do so many things. And it's, I've been very frustrated this week, <laughs> really, really frustrated about that. And then also the embarrassment because, you know, people, I'm wearing a cast. And I'm like, oh, how did you do it? Did you like fall, break your arm? And I'm like, nah, I picked up my puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like one of those, you're like super embarrassed. I'm like, I can't like, it's not something I can change or anything. And yeah. I feel we weren't very good at the start of writing our books, of bringing that into our characters. No. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to get injured and they're like, oh no, I've been injured. And I think in, like, in the moment, <laughs> in the moment, I think you can get away with it because you could chalk it up to adrenaline or something, right? That they yeah. managed to get up and escape even though they've been, I don't know, shot or, you know, they've fallen over or whatever. But we weren't very good at, after that, has sort of passed having any sort of reaction except for oh that hurts <laughs> and then it <laughs> yeah. kind of gets forgotten about in the rest of uh the preceding chapters so we were definitely not the best at that in the past and I think we, we've gotten better though we added a lot and it's probably yes. one of the main things we added in when we redid the edits and well actually all of the books uh was adding a lot more in about the injuries that they had sustained and what they thought about it and their recovery and all sorts of things like that which I think is added to the book. Yeah, definitely. I remember there was one part that before we revised the series, when it went from like the end of one book to the start of the next book, we totally forgot that the character had a broken arm. (laughs) She just like magically, her arm's fine. There's no cast, there's no nothing. And yeah, so don't do that. (laughs) 
we did it twice. Okay, because I'll share this other one because it's the injury's been removed now, so I think I can share it. Because we have one um, at the end of one book, Levi breaks his hand. Oh, I can't even remember. You don't remember that? that? He he breaks. Oh his no, hand wait. Actually, no, I do. That's right. He breaks his hand his punching thumb. a soldier. Oh my god, I can't even talk today. And then he's like cradling it, and it's quite. A, it's they, we made quite a big deal about it at the end of the book, and then the start of the second book. He's ma- he's magically healed, his hands totally fine, and then I think he went on to punch another character, um, or he was punched. I can't remember, that's but that's funny. been all been Actually, removed now. But yeah, not great. What's funny about that though is it never used to be a, like it didn't even used to be a divide between books because we changed kind of where the end and the start, <laughs> and so it was like we got over that chapter. And then totally forgot about it because I don't think it was in no, it the, wasn't. Pres- it the wasn't. following chapters at all. <laughs> it may have been mentioned like one time. Someone was like, oh, yeah, he had a broken hand. <laughs> but we, <laughs> we totally re- we removed it. We removed it. So it's okay, I think, to share. Yeah. But it's quite funny. If you do too many injuries and everyone's like, oh, you know, makes them seem impervious to <laughs> injury. Yes. <laughs> That kind of fits in uh, quite well with the next topic, which would be having realistic recovery timelines. So I feel like this is something that yeah. everyone makes a mistake doing, where unless in your world you have someone with a magical ability that can heal people, people seem to recover miraculously really quick in TV shows and books. And I have injured myself enough times to know that it takes forever to actually (laughs) heal and be able to do the things that you were able to do before the injury. Definitely. (laughs) What do you think? I think it does depend on what the injury is. We did have one of our beta readers, she thought it hadn't been long enough for this injury. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, actually, you know, it was just a soft tissue injury, which, you know, they generally heal in a couple of weeks, you know, maybe four weeks tops. Even even if it's quite a serious soft tissue injury, like you, you generally expect repair sort of within that time period. But, you know, it did kind of point out to us that we probably hadn't highlighted the time. Like it, it maybe even moved like so subtly through. Yeah, that was weird the way I said that. Subtly. <laughs> subtly. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I don't think we made it like obvious enough that right. time had passed. Uh, so that was helpful for her to mention it anyways. But in general, you know, limbs or bones will take six to eight to 10 weeks to heal, depending on, you know, what type of fracture it is. And so you do have to take that into account. But if you're struggling with time, you know, think about giving your character a bit of time off to recover and time skip into the future. And, you know, sometimes all it takes is a line or two to achieve it, like two weeks crawled by something yeah. like that <laughs> yes we've used that quite a few times but it helps I think because we were wor- in a couple parts we have been worried that they're healing too fast for the yeah. injuries that they have so it's yeah we, we did quite a bit of work trying to stretch time out a bit more yeah in yeah, some of those we're, chapters you know we, we're writing like sort of action adventure thriller so everything always seems to happen like really fast like bang 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 and then so trying to slow it down and have them recover from the injuries can be quite a challenge when you have a pace that's that fast 
but yeah it can be done sure. within a few sentences <laughs> yes yes and also it's not hard to look up how long it takes for something to heal and manage to put that in or if it's going to take too long maybe you need to reconsider the injury you have given your character right yes yeah like maybe a broken arm isn't going to work for you so maybe you sprain it instead which yeah. can have it can like sprains really hurt for those first couple of weeks like it can definitely impede your character enough to possibly have well, the also effects. although i would say a warning about uh ligaments and sprains there's a difference between sprains and strains <laughs> one of them is when you like hurt the muscle the other one's when you pull like a tenon and a ligament if you do a partial tear to like a ligament or a tenon just be aware that they take a really long time for them to heal because they don't have a very good blood supply so um, oh, cast. Yeah, okay. that, <laughs> it's not a great thing to do to yourself yeah so you know straining muscle like that's going to heal fairly quick but uh you know pulling a ligament is going to be a bit longer uh so you do need to be aware of that Just check which one you're going to yeah you know like as, as Ashley said it is very easy to to look up healing times uh for that kind of thing usually you'll find something on the internet of some doctor's advice to their patients from their practice that'll be like so if you have you know hurt yourself this way you can expect that it might take two or three weeks before you're back to your regular activities or something like that <laughs> I like uh, that you just put on a, a web doctor, doctor voice. Doctor voice. <laughs> WebMD. <laughs> um, I guess this kind of loosely covers keeping your injuries consistent throughout your book as well. It sounds like a ridiculous thing to point out, but we have definitely been guilty of not keeping the injuries we give our characters consistent throughout. I distinctly remember one particular injury that migrated from calf to thigh <laughs> back down to the calf again. And it's amazing how much editing that actually takes to fix because you start to fix it. You're like, oh no, it is a thigh injury. And you start to fix it <laughs> and then you miss some. So suddenly you have 90% of the references are to the thigh, which you've changed. Then you've missed a couple calf ones. So then you just have a magically um, moving injury. <laughs> so I distinctly remember that one. Yeah, like one character we had, so was it like wrist, arm, yeah. hand? <laughs> yes, wrist, arm, hand. And then forgetting, forgetting the injury also. So where in one chapter, they'll be perfectly fine walking normally. And the next chapter, someone has remembered that they're injured and have them limping around. <laughs> like, <laughs> the leg injury. Ow, it, it, I'm limping. And it, yeah, so <laughs> be really careful. And it's surprisingly easy to forget yes, about injuries. Very easy. <laughs> it, and yeah, the number of times that I have forgotten certain characters are injured. You go back and you're like, oh, that's right. They're injured. They can't actually do this. When we started the third book and I get this text from Ashley. Well, I was like, Grace is still injured, right? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what? How, how long has gone by? How injured is she still? What can we... I had to put it in a timeline and say, okay, so we're going to have her recovered by this point. <laughs> <laughs> So that we were both clear because it gets really confusing when you're like, I don't even know how much time has gone by now. 
yeah it's very hard when you know your characters don't even really know exactly how much time has gone by yeah because the situation that they're in and I would also uh the other thing I was going to mention was that you should probably take into account with the healing and stuff whether your character can make it to medical care that might dictate what type of injury you give your character because for ours our characters there is no hospital for them to go to or not one that they can really feasibly use without having massive consequences for them considering they're in a war and they don't want to get caught (laughs) yes so uh just think about if you're gonna do a major injury can they make it to a hospital (laughs) Yeah, or can they you know or are you going to have to have like someone in the field who can fix them yeah does one of your characters have some sort of medical knowledge maybe like us you conveniently make one of them a doctor (laughs) (laughs) to help you have one experimenting on the others (laughs) (laughs) yes all that all that oh dear all right so um do you have any specific scenes from tv shows or examples from books that have really frustrated you in the past with how they depict injuries or any other sort of medical event i have quite a few it really frustrates me when i'm watching tv and dan is just like okay okay i didn't write the show just calm down and i'm like but you don't understand (laughs) so we watched one a little while ago where a character was shot in the torso and he had blood coming from his mouth and they took him to hospital and stuff and everyone's like oh my lord like he's gonna die (laughs) and they took him to hospital but then in hospital when they're visiting him they then said well fortunately it didn't hit any major organs (laughs) and I was like I'm pretty sure there's only two paths blood can take to come out your mouth from your torso one is if you vomited it up (laughs) from your stomach or number two is if you're shot in the lung and you know it's bubbling up from your trachea (laughs) so either way those are pretty major places (laughs) those are very major very very major sure it hit no major organs (laughs) but you were bleeding from the mouth cool Another thing that really irks me because I've recently done a, a bit of study on maternity and neonatal care and this one happens all the time and it's it's getting to the point where I just get really frustrated. It's always in comedies where, you know, like comedies where there'll be a pregnant woman and she'll be just about to give birth and her waters will break all over the floor and someone's like, you know, priceless rug or something. <laughs> And they'll be like, oh my God, the water's broke. You have to go to hospital. In real life, water's most of the time, like occasionally they do break ahead of um, going into labor, but it's not usually the first sign. Usually waters break in hospital once you're in established labor, (laughs) having contractions. And sometimes the nurse even has to break them herself and yeah. So that one really annoys me. And then the prize to the worst one <laughs> goes to Grey's Anatomy. Usually they're pretty good, but 
there was one episode that I was watching and I have a strange feeling it might be in I don't I don't know this for sure so don't quote me on it but I think it's it might be in this episode where like a bomb is like in a patient's body or something and so they're doing doing, like surgery to take it out oh my gosh okay and um so you know everyone's really tense because they're like oh my god the bomb's gonna go off or i I don't know i I seem to remember a bomb being involved in this episode anyways (laughs) but i was looking at this patient on the operating table and i was like your patient's dying because they're they've got a general anesthetic and they weren't intubated so they didn't have a breathing tube at all they didn't have any oxygen or any mask oh my god they were just lying there with their like face totally uncovered like if you have a general anesthetic you have something that's called a muscle relaxant you know to so that you don't move yeah move or and then the general anesthetic means you don't feel it and that you're asleep so because you have a muscle relaxant you know you can't your breathing muscles don't work and so you need a tube down to be able to breathe properly so that really bothered me I can I can see that. You're watching yeah. like he's dying. Doesn't matter that you're trying to save him by removing yeah. the bomb. He's gonna die. He can't breathe. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> the patient's dead. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. Oh, I can yeah, understand you why you would get frustrated watching <laughs> yeah. these sorts of shows. I don't watch a lot of medical shows. Um, I don't in- anymore, really because dan doesn't really like them and we have like a you know a, a kind of like merging kind of list of likes and medical dramas are not within that realm <laughs> they don't cross into that james <laughs> and i have the same thing like i love murder mysteries and crime drama and james yeah, that's hates what... <laughs> crime drama we, so... we tend to watch crime dramas that's one of our things that merges <laughs> so that doesn't merge for us so we don't don't watch them anymore which is probably given how frustrated I get watching them that's probably a good thing anyways (laughs) but yeah did you have anything else you wanted to mention about injuries anything else you wanted to add no I mean there's always more examples but I think three is totally enough like three is enough (laughs) (laughs) we'll just leave it at that okay sounds good all right so we can um we'll move on to some scientific inaccuracies now and I've kind of already, I already just alluded to it. I cannot stand the, basically I can't stand crime dramas. Usually they're fine, but it's once they, you know, they find this mysterious <laughs> substance on the windowsill and they take a swab and someone runs it back to the lab and they put it in the fancy looking machine and then it goes like beep, beep, beep. And then it comes out with either like a name of a compound they're like oh yes it's this poison or um, it comes up with the structure on the screen and like oh yes this makes sense it doesn't work like that at all and I cannot stand it anymore so it's a person's job to be a lab tech and I I use all of the same equipment in my job because we often make new compounds and we don't know what they are and then we have to use these machines to work out you know, what they could be. And it is a very lengthy process. (laughs) Um, And it actually requires training because the lab techs, they need to understand how the machine works and the outputs you get are not a name or a structure. It's usually some sort of, I'm going to, for simplicity's sake, say a graph 
or a readout. And then that gives you the characteristics of the compound, which you then need to combine all the different data together to get a picture of what the molecule is or the chemical is or whatever it is. And this usually takes days, not minutes to start with. And yeah, I feel like these shows, they just don't, they don't uh, give a good representation of what it's actually like. And it frustrates me. It just frustrates me. You could, <laughs> it sounds really dumb, but what, when you work with these machines, you wish they worked like they do in these crime dramas because it would make your life so much easier. If I could take a random compound I make in the lab, like pop it in a machine and then it's like, oh, it's this. It would say, well, you wouldn't even need me. You wouldn't need me. <laughs> <laughs> My job would be redundant. basically redundant because <laughs> the machine could do it, but the machines can't do it. I'm just so, going to yeah. say that <laughs> it kind of makes me think of, so when I was small, before GPSs were a thing, I remember talking to my dad and mom when driving and I was sitting in the back and I was like, so those arrows, do they tell you where to go? <laughs> the indicators. <laughs> my dad just laughed so hard. And he's like, I wish it told me. <laughs> Which obviously now we have the GPS. So, you know, maybe I was just ahead of the times. Ahead of the but- times that's kind of what it makes me think of you know like you just expect it to suddenly magically happen yeah (laughs) so yeah no it's with everything though even you know they take that soil sample from the shoe and they put the soil sample in the machine (laughs) and they're like oh yes it's from this random mountain range like way over here but you can't possibly know that unless (laughs) someone has gone to that mountain range took a sample and then compared both samples to see if they're a match you can't, yeah. I can't just tell you where it's from. It's from or this water era. samples as well. They take a sample like, oh yes, it's from this lake. Definitely, definitely. You're like, yeah, How do definitely. You know <laughs> Have you been? It's to the got lake? this Have type of microorganism, in, which is only in this lake. <laughs> How do you know that? Exactly. Very. You know, it's very frustrating. <laughs> but the one that gets me the most is I'm a chemist, so I draw a lot of chemical structures in my daily life and these chemical structures there are certain rules that you have to follow and you would have learned this when you did like year 13 chemistry like carbons can only have four bonds oxygen can only have two generally (laughs) speaking it can only have two you know things like that and then you get to these tv shows and you know there's this big whiteboard in the background and they've drawn up all these chemical compounds on there and then you look at them and they are entirely wrong and more often than not they are so wrong they physically can't exist (laughs) Um, and it's honestly I actually as much as it frustrates me it's one of my favorite things to pause the shows and I'll look at it and they're like (laughs) We call them we call them Texas carbons when they have five bonds and they're only supposed to have four. So I'll be like, oh, I see five Texas, Texas carbons. I see an oxygen with three bonds and no like counter charges or whatever. I see all of the I'm like, this this can't exist. This literally can't exist. And you're trying to make yourselves look smart by putting up these compounds. Yeah, I feel like that's what's ironic, right? Yeah. It's a trying to make the characters incorrect. look smart. And the characters are just like, and hair on the board. <laughs> it's not hard to check. No. Well, don't even get me started when the compound structure doesn't match the name. I'm like, what? you can literally Google the name of the compound, <laughs> go into Wikipedia, and it will be there. And you just have to copy it. It's not hard. But no, but no, they insist on like putting up their own compounds. And you're like, one, they're wrong. Two, they don't match the name. And you're like, 
it's not hard. Oh, get someone to check it. It's not hard to have a chemist, even from undergrad. Have a look and be like, that's incorrect. <laughs> Just stop. Those are my two, mm. my two big issues. <laughs> and I'm speaking about before about the machines. I no longer watch Big Bang Theory because Sheldon Cooper and one of I think it's Sheldon. Might not be Sheldon. It might be um might be Leonard. One of them. They are talking about a machine. I think I think it was mass spectrometry. And they give a brief blurb to the audience about how it works. And it was so wrong that I turned it off and I haven't watched it since. <laughs> I was like, you can't even, I was like, you can get the physics right. You can get the biology right. But for some reason, you just have decided the chemistry part doesn't even matter. So yeah, they talk about the machine. It's entirely wrong in their description. I'm like, it can't do that. It literally can't do that. So I no longer watch it after that moment. Took me right out of the, right out of the show. And I was like, no, I'm out. So... I think the takeaway from all of this is that look things up and research them because especially when it comes to the to the equations they're they're quite simple to have a look at and copy it out yeah equations I've got the wrong word for that I know what you mean Molecules. like chemical structures and things like that <laughs> unless you're trying to make up some crazy molecule that doesn't exist in that case maybe just ask a scientist to draw one for you it's not hard to find one just and you ask. can even talk to you can you can talk to us about like yeah for sure or um, chemistry if you're for sure i can do writing in that field yeah point you in the right direction but uh, yeah get it right <laughs> people notice they do and you might yes. think that, oh, it's just like some sciencey thing. You know, if I put in some fancy words, people won't notice. But I almost think that's worse sometimes. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Make sure you understand it first before you're writing it I down. feel like it makes your characters less believable and less smart, which sure. is usually the opposite of what you're going for. Yes. So. Yes, exactly. Alrighty. Should we move on to our mistakes of the month? Yes. Alrighty. Do you want to go first, Sarah? Yeah, so I had I had one this month. Um, it was actually doing the character sheets or doing some research for something. I was writing down some notes, and I'm sure like ever, most people use the QWERTY keyboard. So you may have noticed that the F is right next to the G, and I was trying to write out the word Greek, <laughs> and I put an F instead. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have to apologize to any Greek listeners out there. Uh, I did not mean to have any ancient freaks in the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Did it autocorrect to like F-R-E-A-K as no, well? No, it didn't. Oh, no. Because apparently freak as an F-R-E-E-K is actually a word as well. Oh, like, is it's it? It's kind of like a play on like F-R-E-A-K or something. I can't remember exactly what it is. I'm going to Google it right now. Okay. Urban Dictionary tells me a freak <laughs> is a person that's too weird to be a freak. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, so that was why it didn't actually underline either, because apparently it's a it's an urban word. <laughs> that's so funny. One. A freak. <laughs> you're looking over it and you're like, ah. So because I've only just started writing a new chapter, I haven't found any mistakes yet. So I thought I would share a few that come from the newspaper. Well, not the newspaper, the online articles. So I have a massive, massive pet peeve of reporters getting 
like making mistakes in their writing that goes on articles on online news sites. It frustrates me beyond all measure because surely they have an editor who checks it. Like surely. And often the mistakes are incredibly obvious. And I'm like, why has no one picked this up? Like there was one example, which really, it was actually really insensitive as well. And I remember it clearly. So I used to, I used to follow the Stuff website, which is, if you're not from New Zealand, it's like an online news, news. site, yeah. basically. Um, and then I switched to the New Zealand Herald because the Stuff website was so riddled with errors. Almost every single article had one that I couldn't read them anymore. So I moved to the New Zealand Herald thinking, hey, you know, these are also in a newspaper. So surely these are going to be better quality. And within the first week of switching, this happened. So I don't know if you all remember... A while ago, we had the volcanic eruption of White Island. Okay, so unfortunately, like quite a few people passed away. And they had a picture of one person who had passed away. And they had the wrong caption, which described him as the mayor of Whakatane, who was very, you know, upset that people had died. So they had the picture of the deceased person with the wrong caption of the mayor. And I was like, this is like, at this point, you can't. Like, that's really insensitive. Like, someone should have checked that. And that really irritated me. And then, not too long afterwards, sorry, just to get my phone so I can read it to you. They were talking about millennials, basically. And so it says, a survey last month by Bauer Media's Insights IQ of almost 450 parents showed 21% of respondents had one or more millennial ch- children currently currently living at home with another 12% saying one could return at any time. Then in brackets underneath, they say millennials were defined as those born between January 1980 and December 1996 in brackets now aged 18 to 39, which is an incorrect age. So, 1990, so this was from this article is from 2019 and 1996 to 2019 is not 18 years. It is 23 years. And I was like, where has this come from? Has someone not checked the maths? And it's like not hard to look at it and be like, hey, that's really wrong. Check the maths. Sorry, I, um, I tend to take screenshots. Oh, here's one. So this is another one. This is from the 11th of December, 2019. And this is another article about White Island. And it <laughs> says, quote, if that call does ever come through, he said, he's be back in a heartbeat. Like, great, he's be back. He's be back. <laughs> I don't understand. It makes no sense. Like, surely people can pick these up. I'm really sorry. I have a, I just don't a massive like, surely you use, pet peeve with it. Like, like do people honestly think, not check? Like, a simple read through would be yeah, enough. Or, or even software would pick that up. Yeah. He's be back. Because mine always underlines the grammatical inconsistency. Yeah line whenever like, whenever much, something like that happens to me as much as I hate Grammarly because oh it's good but it doesn't pick up everything and it irritates me it would pick that up these people should at least be using Grammarly um yes. but yes I guess so they that's... get so many like independent freelance writers these days and so it's not like the newspaper necessarily edits one. They should still have an editor they should. Though, for their they should site. Check it. Someone should be checking it. <laughs> I'm like, it's your job. It is your job. It's too many articles for them to edit because now, you know, there's a new one every three minutes. They just like zoom them out and they're in the world incorrectly. I've decided that I have forgiven the people 
who do the live news feeds because those are riddled with errors. But I've decided it's a live feed, so they're going to make you know typos. So I've gotten over I've gotten over that. But for the ones that actually are proper stories that have been published, I can't. I just can't. It's not okay. It's yeah. Not okay. Anyways, it's so hard to find a good newspaper these days. Well, like a news blog. My favorite for New Zealand lately has been the spin-off. Oh but yeah. It's rather opinion. They're quite <laughs> it's funny. It's not really. They are quite funny though, and they're usually quite well edited. I find, but yeah, it's more of an opinion-based thing than a actual like news. <laughs> yes. Mind you, that's everything these days. So we need yeah. So I don't know. That's very true. Yes, so if anyone works in the media industry, please, please, please spell check your work because people notice, people notice. My friend and I, we've been thinking, well, we should start a Facebook page just of these mistakes found in the Herald and stuff because she does the same thing. She screenshots them and she'll send them to me. She'll be like, look what they did today. And there's one a day. (laughs) So there's a lot of content for the um, newspaper mistakes on Facebook that page that we could make. (laughs) <laughs> Alrighty. do you have anything else you want to add about mistakes of the month not really not really be, you know we're still trying to think well it's not really a mistake but probably the only other thing that I've been doing which I haven't mentioned is that I've been editing my own book which I've kind of tentatively titled the night I lost my mind That's cool title. but I had to gender flip two characters <laughs> weird <laughs> which, okay because I realized that one of my characters was a minority character and it was the only character who was a minority character in the whole book and they were portrayed in a fairly bad light and then I also realized that the I sort of mistakenly added to a bad trope (laughs) oh no and so I was like oh how could I fix this and I was like well it works if I change this character's gender but then I didn't want the book to be over, like overbalanced in favor of one gender. <laughs> so right, then I was like, well, I'll change this one too then. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed two characters and it's just, it's interesting to note like how many different mannerisms just are generally attributed to different sexes. Like when you realize how much you do it, it's kind of disturbing in some ways. I was like, whoa, clearly like this stuff is more ingrained in my brain than what I ever thought it was. Because, you know, like there's things like girls giggling and guys chuckling and I'm overlapping to my blog post that's coming out on Monday. But yeah, it's just, I'm like, why why can't guys giggle? (laughs) I want to start a movement, you know, real men giggle. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Or just like hashtag it, make it, make a whole thing out of it. Yes, Instead yes. Instead of real men wear pink, it's real men giggle. <laughs> I think they do. Everyone I, giggles. I think they do. It's just, you know, your view of it. Like, and because, you know, in other writing and fiction, it's not often that you read about men or guys giggling. So it seems really strange when you have a character do that, but it mm-hmm. shouldn't be strange, right? So no, anyone that was can something. Giggle. Right. That was something that I noted. But you know, there's a whole lot of other whole host of other things yeah. I've kind of noted. So that's something interesting that's not really a mistake, but yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it'd be quite a challenge to pick up on all of them. Like I assume you're gonna go through and find some that you've missed and then that would be quite well, probably. hilarious. But then it's it's also like trying to work out whether I should take them out. Like some of them I'm like, yeah, I just don't really see the character doing it. So 
of taking them out and replace them with different um, something that they would do mannerisms yeah but at the same time yeah because it's making me more aware of the type of mannerisms that I attribute to like genders I almost want to go against it and be like no you know what it's okay for a guy to curl up on the couch so yeah I don't know we'll see how it turns out I might you know it'll probably end up being heavily edited and who knows because I probably will try and get it traditionally published so I'm sure they'll have their own take on it if they ever decide to take it on as well about whether it's okay (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know what it's gonna end up looking like but it's it's interesting it has been challenging that's cool I think it's cool yeah so what what are we doing next month next month's our Christmas podcast right yes it is it is Um, and so (laughs) we are going to talk about some passages from our favorite books and what we think makes them great or amazing which I'm actually quite excited about be a bit of a change from what we usually do yes yeah just to clarify we were going to read out some of our own excerpts as well from our books were we were we yeah (laughs) we can do that as well yeah but yeah, we're trying to gonna have a bit of more of a reading and a fun time next time. So um, yeah, yeah, join us for the Christmas episode. <laughs> yes, it should be fun because we'll get a bit lighter than what we usually talk about. So I'm excited. I'm excited to do it. Me too. I'm excited for the end of the year. I mean, it's been fun creatively this year, but I'm sure everyone's over 2020. Really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or well, funny I'm... when you think about how excited everyone was at the start of the year. I know. 2020. <laughs> I know. I know. I have to. I remember. I remember. I was looking um, back at some old blog posts because <laughs> I was wondering if we'd been doing it a year yet. Um, I think it's soon. I think we have. This yeah. Thing. So I was looking back and I saw one that was like 2020, and it was like, well, that how was like a new year and like exciting new things ahead. And I was like, hmm, well, that's very optimistic considering if I write one for 2021, I'll be like, it just has to be slightly better than 2020. Although I was reading, I was reading an article. Um, can't remember which terrible news site it was on. But it was talking about how 2021 might be worse than 2020. And I was like, don't put this out there. People have hope that 2021 is going to be better. Why is this? How dare you? Yeah, he was like, the world could possibly end. Like, we thought 2020 was bad. Imagine it was going on about, like, famine and all this other stuff. And I was like, you know what? Very good point. doomsday. Yeah. And I was like, good point. Now's maybe not the time. (laughs) So everyone just wants 2020 to be over. Don't put this. I'm an optimist. And to be honest, I look at 2020 and even though it has been hard and I'm sure like I really, my heart goes out to everyone who has had a really hard year that's worse than mine, because I know that mine has, you know, I've been very lucky generally speaking, but you know, you do have to look at the, the good side and we were very creative this year. We've even though we haven't published books yet, we sort of finished wrapping up our other two ones. We've looked at, we've d- completed Darkness is Free. We've started a new one. Um, so I think we've done very well, yeah. you know. And Creatively, it's definitely been, well, to be honest, having the time to be creative and actually getting things done has been a great, I guess, trying to think of the right word unintended escape escape from what 2020 2020 has offered so far so that's yes apart from that no 
I'd like to think 2021 will be better, but we shall see. Actually, um, just speaking of next time's podcast, what I think we should do as well is have some goals ready for what our goals are going to be for 2021. And obviously we're working on stuff together, but if we make our separate goals, I think it'll be interesting to share them and see how that goes. Yeah. And then it's out in the world. So then we have to stick to them, right? Yeah. (laughs) You can check up on us and be like, Ashley, have you done your goals? And they're like, no, I'm sorry. But I will because (laughs) pressure's on. Yep. Alrighty. So if any of you guys have any mistakes of the month, please, please, please send them in. We would love to hear some of your mistakes. And it's a very friendly environment. We won't mock you or anything. No, we only mock ourselves. Exactly. (laughs) In newspapers. (laughs) And everybody makes mistakes and you, well, they're being paid to do it. Yeah. (laughs) And they have editors to check it. And they're only like a thousand words. Come on, people. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can contact us on our website, uh, lindersoncreations.com. As per usual, uh, we also have Instagram and Facebook at lindersoncreations. And I'm often on Instagram these days, so you probably get a fairly instantaneous response. <laughs> and yeah, so if, if you like this podcast and you want to hear more from us, um, I mean, we're, we're going to keep doing it anyways for the time being, but it would help us a lot if you review the show on whatever podcatcher you use um, and rate it. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you all next time. Happy writing, everyone.